Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true, you know. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genre. It's something you can check out if you're stuck at home. I don't know, for whatever reason, there's something you can do. You can watch conversations between me and authors, and uh, you can read from other writers about the writing life. I've got a column I write three times a week for it. Just to check in, just to remember you're not alone, because you're not. No, you're not. Uh, and speaking about not being alone, we're, we're funded by the Pacific uh, Northwest Writers Association, the PNWA. These people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. And uh, yet they bring people together. In fact, you know, uh, I'm going to be teaching a class for them. And, uh, well, of course, we're going we to get together here in Issaquah to teach this fearless writing class, which is here, Issaquah. If you didn't know it, it's in the Seattle area. But no, we can't do it face-to-face for obvious reasons. So what are we going to do? We're doing it online. But that means anybody can attend. Yes, well, I can only get 11 people, but 11 people can join the class, and they can attend from anywhere in the country. Isn't that great? Yes, you can do fearless writing no matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in Chicago or in Los Angeles or Seattle. So that's the kind of thing we do. Learn about it at pnwa.org. Yes, indeed. Oh, it'll be fun. I hope to see you there. That class is probably going to fill up. Virtual teaching is, uh, for a lot of re- obvious reasons, very popular right now. And I'll bet it is with my current guest, Nadine Kenny Johnstone. Yes, she's the author of the memoir of This Much, I'm Sure, which was the winner of the CWA Book of the Year Award. Coverage of her memoir has appeared in Cosmopolitan, Today's Parent, Mind, Body, Green, Metro, and Chicago Health Magazine, among others. Uh, She teaches at Loyola University and received her MFA from Columbia College in Chicago. Her other work has been featured in various magazines and anthologies, including Chicago Magazine, The Moth, Pank, and The Magic of Memoir. She's a writing coach who presents at conferences internationally, and she's a core faculty member at Story Studio, and she's here today to talk about all things writing. Writing, Nadine, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I have to say, I love your energy. <laughs> Every yes. time I listen to this show, I'm always, I always feel energized just by listening to you. Uh, so thank you for bringing that energy. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You know, uh, it feels good to have energy, I got to say. So I feel like it's a win-win. <laughs> I energize other people. Hey, speaking of energy, uh, I, I had to ask you, I think I was just at Columbia College. Is that you? I was in Chicago, at uh, the uh-huh. Chicago Hilton, which I was, and the it was right near Grant Park. Is that where Columbia College is? Oh yeah, yeah. I was it's, just it's there. Considered the South Loop area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I was area. just teaching these young people, at, and I got to bring the energy there. That was a lot of fun. Ah, how funny. Okay, so Nadine, oh. see now I begin all my conversations the same way. How are you doing? How are you doing? How's it going? Are you all right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I speaking of energy, I was just jumping on the trampoline with my son um, and playing Legos with him. And so uh, that's where we're at these days, which has been wonderful, spending more time because we're homeschooling 
our yeah. son during this time while the schools are closed. And um, it is a juggle, of course, though. You know, I teach, as you mentioned, at Loyola, and so I'm teaching all online. And yeah. my husband works full-time and is now online. And then we're also putting on our teacher hat for our son. So it's definitely yeah. a juggle, but it's been um, – a very interesting and and adventurous time. <laughs> oh, how, how old is your son? So he's almost seven. Oh boy! And so, what does he think of being? I so I homeschooled my son from the age of thirteen to eighteen, simply because I had to. It was I was it was we had no choice in the matter, and it was it was it was tricky. I got to say. Uh, yeah. So wearing the parent hat and the teacher hat, how are you finding it? Cause you're a teacher of course, but that doesn't matter. It's different with your kids. So how's it been going? Yeah. You know, I definitely know that teaching 20 year olds is very yeah. different now than yeah. teaching a six and three quarter year old. But um, yeah, it, so I'm finding that I have to be a lot more fluid and just kind of lead based on his interests because last week we tried to do the whole structured like okay yeah. now is your reading lesson here's your and it just yeah. it didn't work for any of us. <laughs> so yeah. No. Now we're no. kind of going okay what do you want to learn about today and then we're yeah. going from there and I'm okay with that for now because um, otherwise it is kind of difficult and and yes i have so much admiration for his first grade teacher mrs peck if you are listening (laughs) and i don't know how you do this every day well it's a funny thing i think which is that you walk into a school you know i went to school obviously i went to a traditional public school in the 70s and 80s and you know there's a kind of a an expectation and i think i like most kids i fell in line but i was a natural independent learner. I taught, I've, I've learned tons of stuff since leaving the formal schooling. And I think that when, when you leave the structure of the school, I think something can kick in where your sort of natural impulses to follow your own curiosities activates. I've seen it with my children. They learned all kinds of stuff just independently. Does that make sense? You know, you, I think there's just something intuitive happens when you're out of that particular structure. Yeah, we've been super creative here over the past week and a half. Um, we had early Easter where we did, we hid Easter eggs, we decorated the house. We've oh, been nice. doodling a lot. My son loves the series Dog Man and the Bad Guys. They're graphic novels, and he's been making his own graphic novels this week, like all on Ooh, his own. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, so it's, it's cool to see where his instinct is taking him for sure. So writing. Okay. So you, you teach at Loyola. I assume you, do you teach writing or do you teach yeah, economics yeah. So or something? I, teach, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be in a bad place if I were the one teaching <laughs> economics. But uh, I teach not only writing literature, then creative writing workshops there, the whole gamut. Um, okay. I've been there for five years and I love right. it. Uh, I was really happy to see uh, my students have last week, kind of off in a way because they had to move back home t- uh, from their dorms. But right. this week we're online on Zoom and I was so happy to see them on Monday via Zoom video chat and, and they're all they're all doing okay. They're hanging in God there. bless Zoom. Huh? I just taught a class for 40 <laughs> people yesterday and it was fantastic. I gotta say it was so good. 
Yeah. Have Zoom. you used the breakout room feature? Because that's really I, you know I haven't. I use a different website, and it's actually not as good as Zoom. But I, I mm-hmm. think I might have to switch over to Zoom. I mean, here, here a nice yeah. ad for Zoom on my. I, I'm not even I getting know. paid for this, uh, <laughs> but know. it's it's really it's a blessing right now. Yeah, yeah, and my friends and I have had our Friday night happy hour chat via Zoom. So. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, oh, it's great. So it works in many capacities. <clears throat> All right, so but you teach writing and literature at, at at Loyola, but obviously writing is something usually we find earlier in our lives than than say college. When did you get bit by that bug? Were you a little thing or were you more grown up? When did yeah. it start? Yeah, uh, so I was a really really shy child, and I uh-huh. read all the time as a way to be okay as a shy kid. I find that if you're a shy kid, but you're not doing anything, people will will kind of bug you to speak. But if you you seem occupied, then people will leave you alone. So um, I got into (laughs) reading very early and I, I read a ton. And then I remember it was really early on for maybe a fourth or fifth grade project, we got this opportunity to do kind of whatever we wanted wanted. And some kids did science projects. I, I wrote a novel and I created my own, I used cardboard and created my own book cover and how serious I was. I named my novel, the prisoner of fate. (laughs) That's good. How old were you again? I think I was fifth grade. Maybe it was so intense. That's hard. So, I, so you, are, I got bit you had a self-publisher's early. instinct. You yes, for the, I did. I did. Oh wow! For sure. Wow. So you were all right. Yeah. So you were in. You were in early from it, and you liked it. Yeah, but and you were shocked. I was. Yeah. Now, do you think? Then, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. Yeah, um, but I was going to say, you know, I um, and I grew up on the south side of Chicago in um, a neighborhood. People who live in Chicago, they would know it's uh, kind of Marquette Park, West Lawn area, and it was very blue collar. And um, and so I I was the first person in my family to go to a typical four year university, and so I had never met a writer, a real yeah. writer, and I. Yeah. I didn't know really that it was possible. So when I went to college, I actually studied nutrition at first. I wanted to right. be a dietitian, and um, and then I had my first semester of chemistry and almost flunked out of college. And I thought, well, <laughs> wow. I better switch majors here. <laughs> and wow. then I went to English and then creative writing, and that's how I got back on track. So it was it was not a straight course. It was a little bit more winding. Yeah. Well, it's not unusual. I, very few people do know writers. I certainly didn't know any. Um, I've written about the time I did meet writers. I, I was in a special program in high school that was supposedly for writers. So I met a couple uh, writers. But uh, I, you know, you, you mentioned, um, well, actually, I was going to say that part of the reason I did author magazine the way I do, which is with these video interviews, I really wanted to, at first, the people who were funding were like, well, we should do these written interviews with authors. And I was like, no, no, it's got to be a video. We got to do it online so people can see them as real people because they're just not names mm-hmm. on a book cover, you know, that, that let them mm-hmm. be real. Because I never saw a writer when I was a kid, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just think it's so important to, to un, if you want to be a writer, to understand they're actual human beings with all the normal 
flaws and peccadilloes that we all have, and not just these sort of, you know, we tend to, I think they get deified a little bit. Sometimes writers do because we don't ever see them. They're just sort of names and so on. So that was why I did it. That's why, that's why I did it that way. And, um, mm-hmm. and so it's, but here you are now you're a real writer. When did you start saying to yourself, this is what I am? When did, when were you, did you allow yourself to call yourself a writer? Was it right away or did you have to publish that memoir first? Yeah. Um, when I left my undergrad, I went straight into an MFA program. And so I was pretty young going, I was turning, I was 21 turning 22 going into the MFA program. So I think that, that youth and naivete let me call myself a writer before before I actually had the chops. But uh, Columbia college was, an incredible, incredible program to be a part of. I loved every minute, and I had wonderful mentors there, Joe Mino, um, Patricia McNair, and uh, the chair of the department at the time, a guy named Randy Albers, who is the best teacher I've, I've ever known, hands down. And he and they um, all really helped me understand what a good story entailed and I originally studied fiction with them um, right. but it doesn't it didn't matter the genre because the basics were the same and uh, so I may have called myself a writer um, earlier than I should have but certainly my time at Columbia really helped me understand what a writer should do in terms of right. craft and then I felt comfortable calling myself that um, and then a few years after I graduated, uh, I just naturally switched into writing more personal essay, and yeah. then the memoir came after that. So um, I called myself a writer, but really, um, I encourage anyone if you if you are writing, you can call yourself a writer, and you just become a better writer as you right. move along. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, and and one of the biggest. Uh, decisions I ever made was switching from writing fiction to nonfiction. I, I didn't do it in my 20s. Unfortunately, I did it in my 40s. So I had 20 years of, of learning some hard lessons, but I did learn a lot about <laughs> writing at that time. But the personal essay was, in fact, what became sort of my best venue. Uh, I know why I was attracted to it. What What drew you to that form? Yeah, so I loved reading it. Uh, Modern Love, I could read Modern Love columns, articles all day long. And uh, so it became the thing. I started switching away from reading as much fiction and reading more personal essay. I was reading short, uh, flash nonfiction through brevity. Uh, When I was at Columbia, I was exposed to so many new literary magazines. And so when I started reading personal essay, I became more interested in writing it. And actually the first personal essay I ever wrote was about uh, my husband and I, our infertility experience. And I wrote it for Pink Magazine. They had a parenting issue coming out. And um, at the time, we were struggling to become parents. And so I wanted to show people what it was like when actually it doesn't come easy to be a parent. And so I I wrote this essay about these embryos that we had in Storage, and it was called Nine Babies on Ice. And Roxanne Gay at the time um, was was dealing with the um, the parenting issue, and and wrote back and said that they wanted to publish the essay. And I was I was shocked. 
honestly. I mean, wow. I thought I would just submit it and nothing would come of it. And I was surprised to know that anyone really wanted to know about <laughs> my personal experience um, yep. and that it would have universal truths for everyone. But once that was accepted and got really good response, I realized that, oh, maybe this is something I could write about my personal experience. So that was yeah. my first foray into that world. You see, but you, you, you hit on something rather casually as you were describing it. And this is why I teach personal essay a lot. And that's sort of my thing I teach now is I always tell my students, your job is to find the universal in the particular. And the piece wouldn't have resonated if it was just about, it actually in a way wasn't, I mean, this is my interpretation, but it's never really about your experience. It seems to me so much as what about your experience could be related to everybody. That's at least the take I have. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate with you? Oh, for sure. When I teach personal essays, the very same thing. And the same goes for a memoir as well. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. the reason why the essay resonated with anyone is because it was not so much about infertility as it was about having a plan and the right. plan not yes. working out the way that you had That's expected it, which I think right. right now we can all relate to. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, we have a mutual friend. Uh, Wendy Lynn Harris, and um, yeah, she was the first one I heard. I, I don't know why I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to define it this way, but she defined the personal essay quickly as a story with a lesson, and I liked that. Uh, and I mm -hmm. I still use that language. Does that does that does that work for you? Yeah, and I I think it's a story with a lesson or a story with really good perspective because yeah. with the personal essay you have to make sense of the experience. It's not just about right. what happened; it's about no. you making sense yeah. of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean a perspective, and I think a perspective can almost be a lesson in itself. Like, can you, sure. you know, because you have to learn to hold a, you know, life. It's, it's, life is so much not about what happens. It's what you believe about what happens and what you think about what happens, what you mm -hmm. draw from what happens. The event itself is strangely neutral in a way, you know? I mean, certainly yeah. writing has taught me that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so now you're also a writing coach. This is also something I do. We have so much in common. Uh, <laughs> so talk to me about your coaching. How, what kind of coaching do you do? How do you define that? Yeah. So it happened almost by accident. I was, uh, a few years back, I was um, at a writing workshop presenting, and they let any presenters also do half-hour-long manuscript consults, um, right. really short manuscripts. And uh, I loved it so much, and, and the people that I met during those manuscript consults, almost every one of them said, hey, I, I would love to keep working with you. I'd, I'd like to have more feedback on my other work and so on and so forth. And it, it just became this almost accidental thing that I started doing that I really loved. But I realized that my training at Columbia, when I was there for my MFA, I also got a minor in teaching creative writing. Mm -hmm. And yep. um, they, they teach a method called the Story Workshop Approach. It was started by a man named John Schultz. And I feel really fortunate that I got to learn and study under him and learn the approach because it's what I use in my coaching, which is uh -huh. that 
Um, you don't have to have a bunch of things written in order for us to still work together. So it's not just, okay, you send me stuff and I give feedback, though certainly right. that's part of it. But I also help, I'm more, I also do developmental coaching as well, where you have an idea and I'm going to help you develop that. So through right. the different methods are, I do scene development visualizations with people, which is almost like a meditation where I help you develop yeah. your story in your mind before you write it. I, I work it out of them through oral storytelling. I find any means necessary to get them to share their stories so that they yeah. can get it onto the page. And that I love that. I also love, um, uh, so many of my writers now either have their books published or will have their books published in the upcoming year. And so to watch it go from idea, from seed, all the way to publication is super, super rewarding. Um, and I think that's what I love most is being a part of that journey and just being more of a guide. It's, you know, it's, it's less about me it's it's right. so much just about pulling out of them what their story is giving them the confidence to get it out helping them craft it so that it creates a compelling story and then giving the tools to help them get it published and do you uh do you primarily work with nonfiction writers or do you work with all kinds of storytellers yeah, I, I've worked with all different kinds of writers, um, but as of late, it just so happens that most of my writers are women, memoirists, or female uh, personal essayists. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, oh, there you I go. Think it's because I teach so much personal essay and memoir, um, and a large majority of the students are women, and so I think it yeah. um, turns out that way. But. I'm really happy to to watch the women find their voice and oftentimes tell a story that people told them they couldn't tell or they shouldn't tell and they're they're finding the confidence to tell that story. So it's it's really rewarding. Why are people telling them that they shouldn't tell? What is the thought what is the what 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 are you most often hearing about why people yeah. shouldn't tell their story? Yeah family secrets or that it will no. bring their family shame that somebody <laughs> in their life will have something to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Good for you. And so you also have uh, tell me about story studio. What's that? Yeah. So uh, it's an organization in Chicago um, that, all writers of all genres, they come and they take creative writing courses there. So we have poets, we have fiction writers, nonfiction writers. Um, so, you know, on the on the East Coast, it's kind of like Grub Street is in Boston. Um, on the West Coast, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not as familiar what your kind Richard of Richard Hugo House is what it is out here. Yeah, Richard Hugo, Hugo House is. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so it's like that, but Chicago. And yep. um, they have a program there that I lead that's called Memoir in a Year. And nice. the people come with ideas or very short drafts. And then over the course of the year, they develop their book. And um, and so, yeah, that's what Story Studio is. And they're doing um, some online classes right now um, also during this time. So it's a really good resource. Do you know, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. She wrote 
writing is my drink and sleeping alone in a king size bed. She's a, she's in Seattle. I interviewed her. Now I'm forgetting her name. Mm. She's a memoir. She's the main memoir teacher sort of around. Um, Oh crap. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot your name. It's just, I always blank on it. Yeah. Sleeping alone in a king size bed was her memoir. And then she wrote writing is my drink. It is. Yeah. I think it's about being divorced. Um, Oh well, I can't remember. Anyway, she's. I thought maybe there's a there's sort of a there's a sort of sorority of memoir women <laughs> memoir teachers across the country because you sound like you you're doing what? in Chicago exactly what she does here. Yeah, I you want should. to start a national sorority for <laughs> memoir. <laughs> I love that. Well, all right. So what's next for Nadine? 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 How do you how do you pronounce it? You know, uh, people call me both. I typically, though, Nadine. And Nadine. Okay. Um, I, so we just finished revising uh, an essay collection. So I guess it's a memoir in essays. So it's 35 yeah. essays, and it's called Home is in Your Soul. And it's all about yes. um, finding your center during uncertain times. So it's yeah. so uncanny. <laughs> so uncanny yeah. what's happening these days. Um, but it's many stories that, that talk about um, uh, moments in my life that were kind of aha moments, moments in my life that were changing points. And then, as we talked about earlier, they have universal truth and, and almost yep. kind of inherent mindfulness practices within them. So I just finished that, and um, I have been going um, live every afternoon at 2 o'clock Central Time on Instagram and just kind of leading people through some of those mindfulness practices because Uh, I I don't want to wait a year from now, you know, for book publication time or what have you. I want to start leading people through some of these things that have helped me uh, doing that now. So if if people are listening and they want some journaling or mindfulness practices or just, you know, afternoon storytelling time with Nadine, (laughs) I'm doing uh-huh. that at two o'clock on weekdays, central time, and um, doing a lot of podcast stuff, just trying to find different ways to get my um, voice out in the world, but also connect with other people. So uh, yeah. and I teach writing and wellness retreats. My husband is a chef, lucky me. Ooh, nice, <laughs> and, nice. Uh, and we're we're kind of a wellness team. My mom is a massage therapist. My sister is uh, an exercise instructor. And so wow. we lead writing and wellness retreats one day, weekend long. So um, we're leading one in Chicago in July, fingers crossed, um, for uh, <laughs> well, three and a half yeah. days here. Wow. But yeah, that's okay. it. a lot of the, my most recent stuff and, and upcoming stuff all centers around writing and wellness, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's perfect. I don't know if you heard in my intro, but as I say, that what it takes to write the book you want to write is what it takes to lead life you want to lead. And I do think that the creative process for living and the creative process for writing, it's all the same stuff. It's all intermingled. I feel like writing is a practice of mindfulness. That's certainly been the case for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, there, I, I kind of think that you need writing to stay well and you need to be well in order to write. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. Of cyclical thing that happens here, but I find that the more chaotic or unsettled things feel or uncertain, the stiller I get, the the more I journal, the more I meditate, and then that helps me have the wellness that I need to kind of go back into the world. 
Um, so I, I mean, Natalie Goldberg, I took a workshop with her in San Jose oh, yeah. and so much yeah. of, oh gosh, she's amazing. So much of yeah. what she teaches is not just about writing, it's about how you approach life. So I definitely agree. Theo Pauline Nestor is her name. It finally came to me. Mm-hmm. I had three names just like you. Does that name ring a bell? Theo Pauline Nestor? <laughs> No? no he, All right. He's on my list now of reading. <laughs> All right. Good. Sorry, Theo. I'm sorry. You're awesome. Uh, okay. Well, listen, you know, uh, uh, you, there's, you can never be still enough in your mind. You can never be calm enough. It's so good that you're blending writing and wellness. I think it is a natural fit. Certainly has been for me. Uh, and this has been a fast 30 minutes, but I'm not quite done with you, Nadine. <laughs> I have one more <laughs> One more question. What I want you to do. Oh, first of all, wait, first of all, if people that clearly people are going to be interested in you and want to learn more about you and want to take online classes with you and coach, be coached by you, where's the best place to find out about you? Sure, definitely. So my website is my name, NadineKennyJohnstone.com. And it's okay if you miss an E here or there because uh, I'm the only one with that name. So (laughs) (laughs) you'll find me and then on Instagram at the same thing, Nadine Kenny Johnstone. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, Nadine, finish this sentence mm-hmm. for me. If writing mm-hmm. has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh, to observe life for sure. Yeah. To observe yeah. life. I'm constantly, right. I mean, as I'm walking, as I'm doing anything, I think I'm I'm surveying, I'm observing, I'm I'm taking it all in because it's it's kind of forming a story in my brain. And in order to write stories, I need to be observant of the world around me. So definitely yeah. the observing yeah. part. That's great. That is great, Nikki. Thank you so have, much. And to have a thick skin for sure. Oh well. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be a grown-up. got to be a grown-up about all this. But it sounds like you exactly. are, and it sounds like you're doing great work. Uh, congrats on all that's happening, and uh, I look forward to, hopefully, maybe I'll get to read this little collection of essays. That would be great. Yeah, you will. Thank all you right. so much for having me. I really, really you, appreciate you, your energy, and everything you give back to the writing community. So thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Nadine. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Be mindful and have a thick skin. Yes. But you know what? <sighs> People, wellness, it's good. I do think, I happen to believe, it's my belief, the mind and the body, very linked, very linked, the immune system, very linked. So be cool, be calm, be happy, stay focused, get in the flow. It can only help you. It's not magic. It's not going to prevent all disease. But I do think the happier you are, the more relaxed you are, the more at ease you are, the more you are focused on the things you love, the better the body responds. It's just, it's been the case for me. So keep doing things you love. Thank you, my good friend and producer, RJ Jeffries. In the meantime, find something you love to do and do it, do it, do it.